0: What's up, everybody? My name is Joe Morado, and we are Apes Development. If you're tuning in this week, we are on episode 11. I can't believe it's been 11 weeks. It's been that's crazy. Yeah, right? it's crazy that we're already two and a half months into the new year. Right? Yeah, it's flying by, flying. Tonight we are going to be talking about medicating children. This is my friend Heather. Heather, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm super excited to have you on. Heather is a dear friend of mine. We have known each other for a few years, and uh, we've seen each other go through some stuff, and we've been through some stuff personally, and uh, we have a great deal of love and respect for each other. Yeah, we got to talking about this subject, and... I feel very, very passionately about this subject. This is probably going to be one of my most controversial episodes so far because there's so much left and right, far left and far right opinion about it. Yes, sir. Uh, and I have a very, very one-sided experience and view of medicating children and how I feel about that. Uh, and that's based on my own experience with that. So a lot of my feelings and a lot of my views and opinions when it comes to medicating children are based on my experience and being a medicated child and what I feel like that did to my psyche and what that did to my experience and how that played a part in my adult life and, and becoming a young adult and how I interacted with people and I'm going to get into all of that and you're going to, your mind is probably going to get blown when I start connecting dots and linking things, because I have done a lot of a lot of self work and a lot of yeah. causes and conditions work with recovery and counseling and getting down to root causes and being able to see exactly where things got derailed in my own experience yeah. and and in my own belief systems and ideologies. I, I think that we plant seeds in in children and we probably help nurture and water those seeds into little seedlings and then children will take over and they will continue to water those ideas and water those seeds and it doesn't just have to be about medication it can be about behavior it can be about religion I mean you could talk about any of these things you plant the seeds of of Christianity into a child or the idea of God into a child And then you nurture that and water that and then hope that they will continue to nurture and and care for that idea. And morality and right and wrong and all of those things play a part. Well, this is just one little tiny seedling of an idea. So what I always do is I talk about what the perception of a subject is. And then we dive a little bit deeper and start pulling back layers. And we're going to get into some of your experience, some of Heather's experience with her own children and her own son, and I'm going to let her share her experience with you because I feel like it is a very different perspective, and it's a very different experience, and it's equally as valid, and I think that that's important, that we don't invalidate the facts, right, Right. and the facts out of our experience are the facts. Nobody can argue with you what you've experienced and how you felt along the way, and I'm super grateful that we got to talking about this off camera so that we could talk about it on camera uh, I have so many topics jotted down and so many ideas jotted down and I'm always like well who can I talk to that about and who can I talk to that about and I always want it to be somebody who has a different experience because I don't want us to just be relating <laughs> and agreeing with I don't want you to agree with everything that I say and I don't want to agree with everything you say but I want us to have respect and and, and compassion for each other Because I think that's important. I think that in sharing our human experience, being compassionate towards one another and understanding where we've been and where we've come from and where we are now is how we all relate. And it's how we learn from each other. So I'm going to jump right into it. So medicating children is this week's topic. And I, of course, like I always do, did some research and I just searched, when did we start medicating children? Because I wanted to know. I know I started being medicated as a young child at nine years old, and that was in 1986. Dating myself. <laughs> um, yeah, in 1986, I, I was a hyperactive kid. I was a disruption in class. And my teacher, Miss Easterly, God bless her. Uh, <laughs> Courtney, if you're listening, you will appreciate this episode, because I'm going to talk about Miss Easterly a lot, because Miss Easterly was compassionate, and she was strict, and she was an amazing teacher, and I know that you feel that, too. Uh, I have a a childhood friend that that listens to the show constantly, and uh, yeah, anyway. So we started medicating children with stimulants to treat ADHD or hyperactive attention deficit disorder an attention deficit disorder with stimulants as early as 1944 really believe it or not wow. we have been made it medicating children in this country for 80 years and it is nothing new it has been stimulants all along it started out in 1944 with a drug called methylphenidate which is a stimulant, which I'm gonna break down for those of you at home that don't know what stimulants are, because not everybody is a pharmaceutical <laughs> genius like we are. Right. I love that, that, that we can speak about something like we have a degree in it. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I, I definitely have a PhD in street pharmacology, and I know all about meth and all the different versions of crystal meth and methamphetamine, but medical science, created stimulants legal stimulants that were used to medicate attention deficit disorder it was used to treat hyperactivity hyperactivity stimulate is is controlled by the brain and impulse control in the brain and the chemicals in the brain that control and attribute to hyperactivity and impulse control are affected by amphetamines and the first marketed drug of methylphenidate was Ritalin and it was marketed in 1954 for the first really? time. Believe it or not. So almost 75 years ago Ritalin was created and marketed for the use specifically to medicate hyperactive children. It was originally used at first to before it was marketed for children it was at first it was used to treat Depression And chronic fatigue. Really? Because it created the opposite effect, right? I'm going to get into stimulants and then I'm going to jump back. So stimulants are legal or illegal drugs that are used to reverse the effects of fatigue from both mental and physical tasks. Stimulants can produce exhilaration, extended levels of wakefulness, (laughs) and loss of appetite. These effects are greatly intensified when taken in large doses. Heather's only laughing because we have a great deal of experience with yes. this personally. I, you know, We're not going to get too much into our, our past experiences, but we can speak to what stimulants are from first-hand experience. And I can tell you that I know without a doubt that stimulants cause in me a great deal of exhilaration. Oh, yes. Uh, extended levels of wakefulness yes. and loss of appetite, which I will get into later because that plays a part into being a fat kid, believe it or not. Ta- start talking about connecting dots. Wow. Let me start off by saying I am completely against medicating children. 1,550% against medicating children for ADHD, for ADD, for hyperactivity. Attention deficit deficit disorder, hyperactive attention deficit disorder. I'm 1,000% against medicating children. I was a medicated kid. I was medicated from the age of 9 years old until I was probably 12, maybe 13. Uh, Thank you, Aunt Linda, for not making me take my medicine when I went on a trip to Idaho one summer. Because I said, I don't feel like taking my medicine. And she said, I don't think you have to. And I'm going to talk about that experience too. It's important. So I was put on a pill. Let me let me explain that I was diagnosed with ADHD in the 4th grade in 1986. I was 9 years old. I was explained it was explained to me that because I was had so much pent-up energy and I had trouble focusing that there was something wrong with me, that I was different. I was different than other kids. I was told by grown-ups That I was different than other kids. Now, I want to put this disclaimer. I I do not blame my family. I do not blame my parents. I do not blame society. I do not blame doctors. I do not blame anyone who had anything to do with my being medicated. My experience is my own. I would not be the man that I am today had I not had those experiences. So that's very important that I get that out there and that I say that. What I can tell you is the effect that that had on me as a young boy and the seed that it planted inside of me was an idea that I was different than other people. I was told by the grown-ups that, that were supposed to take care of me and by the, the, by the adults in my life, trusted physicians, medical doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, that I was different than other kids. And this little magic pill was going to make me better. Bing! And I was given meth I was literally given Ritalin which is amphetamines uh, which is a legal prescription version of uh, speed yeah. and it did it definitely affected the impulse control in my brain it definitely quieted the hyperactivity and it definitely f- had me more focused in class it worked I was on drugs. Let me say that again for those of you at home. I was on drugs. My mind was affected by a mind-altering substance that made me behave better in a more docile, more controlled environment so that I wouldn't be a disruption in class. I watered that idea and I fostered that idea and I felt different. And I always felt different, as most of us do. And that coupled with other things that were going on at home. I grew up in a well. I grew up mainly with a single parent because my dad left uh, when I was at a young age. There was some abuse in the home. He was found to be partly really responsible for that, and he bounced. Um, that left my mom to support us by herself. So she was gone a lot, and. I was a latchkey kid so i was home in the morning i went to school my grandmother took me to school for my younger years and then i would take myself to school and i would come home and i would be alone because my mom had to work and she was gone from five in the morning until five at night as i got older and i stopped taking the medicine i want to get to the medicine thing so i went on a a vacation in the summer to idaho to stay with my aunt and uncle and my aunt linda had a, a log cabin house out in Sandpoint, Idaho, and it was uh, off of Lake Pend Oreille. So there was water skiing, there was boating, there was swimming, there was ATVs, there were horses on her property. It was rad, That's right? Cool. It was a yeah. summer wonderland, and in the wintertime, <laughs> it was snow. So it was a winter wonderland. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The point is, I spent the entire summer outside. I was eating healthy. I was... Exercising, I was getting sunshine. I was going out and playing. I was doing all of these things that normal healthy kids did. I wasn't pent up inside and I wasn't stuck in this routine of a machine of going to school and coming home and, you know, electronic babysitters and TVs and Nintendos and all this crap that has just gotten worse. And I remember going to her one day because it was time to take my medicine. I said, I don't feel like taking my medicine today. And she said, that's okay. I don't think that you have to. And I stopped taking Ritalin. And I stopped having problems. I didn't need it anymore. I was a healthy kid. I was playing outside. I was getting my energy out like you're supposed to by playing and being physically active. I was getting proper sleep. I was getting proper. I I had a proper diet. I only know that now in retrospect. At the time, I just didn't want to take my medicine anymore. I didn't want to feel different anymore. I didn't want to feel different from my cousins who were my aunt's kids who didn't have to take medicine. I didn't want to be different. She allowed me to have that grace to not take my medicine and to just deal with me and the consequences that may have come. I love you for that, Annie Linda, and you will never, ever know. You'll never, ever know what that means to me as a grown man now to be able to look back and say, you were willing to love me and deal with me, even if I was a hyperactive menace and I wasn't cut to my teenage years where the woes of high school and being accepted in junior high and high school and I was not a cool kid and with my dad gone. I started to gain lots of weight and and get fat and eat my feelings and comfort eat. And uh, being that I didn't get a lot of exercise and I played video games and I stayed in the house all the time and I isolated for the most part, I gained a bunch of weight. When I got to high school and I got introduced to marijuana and other drugs or junior high school and I started hanging out with the other kids, older brothers, and I got introduced to meth for the first time. I found my solution. Not only did I have focus and didn't feel different anymore and didn't feel afraid anymore and didn't feel insecure anymore because all of that went away because I was on drugs, I also lost my appetite. So I also lost a ton of weight. So it fixed all of my problems. It fixed my weight problem. It fixed my self-confidence problem. It fixed my insecurity problem. And it all related back to, oh yeah. There's something wrong with me and I need drugs to be right. Mm. The dots start connecting. Now, I can't say that this is everyone's experience and I can't say that, you know, in your opinion, this is complete bullshit. What I can tell you is that as an experience, as a a grown man and having lots of experience and having had lots of counseling and doing lots of self-work, I started to connect dots and I started to see where things were relevant and where things connected and where things made sense. Now, don't get me wrong, I've made lots of terrible decisions along the way. I've made lots of terrible acquaintances. I've made lots and lots and lots of terrible decisions that had nothing to do with Ritalin, doctors, my family, my broken home, my, my father leaving. It has nothing to do with any of that. I, as I became a young adult, and an adult I knew right from wrong, and I chose to do wrong. So it's important that I, t- that I make that disclaimer as well. What I can tell you is that my experience with, with Ritalin and medication and being medicated as a child, and now Adderall, right, is mm-hmm. the new prescription miracle drug. There's a, Did you know that there's a shortage of Adderall right now? Yes. Yeah. There's literally... You know why? Because people are abusing the fuck out of it. Yes, That's why. I did. Uh, everybody does. Yes. I know... Thousands of, well, maybe not thousands, I'm an exaggerator. I know hundreds of people, for sure, that are either on Adderall, have a prescription for Adderall, sell their Adderall, mm-hmm. buy someone else's Adderall, mm-hmm. or have done Adderall either at a party or with friends or to study or whatever. It is legal speed. Let me let me explain to you yes. that Adderall contains both a combination of amphetamines and dextroamphetamines. Uh, this is fact. Oh, wow. Amphetamines are the main ingredients in Adderall. So all of you people that think that you're just doing a prescription drug or it's not a big deal, you're doing meth. Just yeah. just so we're clear. Yeah. You're doing legal meth and you're probably using it in excess of the way that it's prescribed, which is why there's a shortage right now. Yeah. They can't even make it fast enough to supply the demand, which is insane. I heard that. I heard that. I thought that was crazy. No, too. I have friends who who are legitimately prescribed for their ADHD, and they're struggling right now because they're they can't focus, and because they don't have their medication, and they can't get their medication. Oh, wow. I have a friend of mine who, unless she private pays eighty six dollars for her prescription, she cannot get it right now. So it's only it's only accessible to people who are private paying or who have the best insurance right now, which is even more of a problem. Amphetamine and dextroamphetamines affect the central nervous system. They are central nervous system stimulants that affect the chemicals in the brain that contribute to hyperactivity and impulse control. Amphetamine and dextroamphetamine are literally chemicals that when applied to your brain chemistry will help with hyperactivity and impulse control. You know what else helps with hyperactivity and impulse control? Right. Praying. Eating Right sleeping right yes exercise all of these things that i preach about every week every single week we're going to get into that too because i have solutions for add and for hyperactivity disorder that don't involve drugs because why else would i want to have a podcast about not medicating children in a, unless i had a solution right jumping right ahead to the perception versus the reality right So the perception is that medicating kids is bad. My perception and my experience with medicating children has always been very narrow-minded and very closed off because of my own experience until I met you. And we're going to get into that and why that changed my perception. The reality is is that medicating your kids is not always bad and it's not always wrong. There are exceptions, of course, to the rule where kids have chemical imbalances, hormonal imbalances. They have mental disorders and mental illness, and those things are real. I 100% agree and believe that mental illness is real and that they plague this country, 100%. And in fact, I feel like we fail people who have mental illness more so than not. But I want to offer some suggestions before we roll into that part. I want to make some suggestions for alternatives instead of medicating your children. Number one, first and foremost, if you search right now on Google for alternatives to medicating your children, what do you think the number one answer is? This is like Family Feud. I'm so fired up about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive this home. I'm going to drive this home with a sledgehammer. Are you? Yes. The number one result when you search for alternatives to medicating your children is education and training for parents. Wow. The A in apes stands for accountability. If you're going to have kids, then you need to be accountable for raising your kids. You need to be accountable for being present in their lives and know what's going on with them. And if you can't spend some time in spending time with your kids and learning how to deal with your kids and learning how to better raise your kids, then you probably shouldn't have kids. That's a very strong opinion. It's a very strong opinion. I said this was going to be my most controversial podcast yet. Education and training for parents is the number one solution to not treating your kids ADD and ADHD with medication. That means learning how to develop their focus, learning how to practice study habits with them, learning how to make them go outside and burn energy, learning how to take their screens away from them and their electronic babysitters away from them and invest yourself into your children and their future. Period. Number one. Number two, <clears throat> working on strategies for understanding and building your child's social skills. God forbid you spend some time with your children and other children and watching them interact and making sure that they're interacting in a healthy way. So many times people just throw their kids with somebody else's kids and forget about them and just hope that they behave or they show up and get a report on how they behaved and they don't really take time to educate their children and educate themselves on how their children interact. Develop social skills. Help them have healthy communication skills with other children. Help them have boundaries and set boundaries with other children. This is my favorite part of the whole podcast right now. I just want you to know, Heather. I advocate this shit every single week. Every single week. So when I was researching and doing my homework today, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> Number three, healthy diet. Literally, in the top searches for alternatives to medicating your children, number three, healthy diet. Your children need a well-balanced diet, especially breakfast. Skipping breakfast can greatly affect your a child's attention span and ability to focus. Wow. It's it's right there. It's... I, I'm not making it up. You can do the research yourself. I preach to this every single week that healthy diet, exercise, proper sleep, and spiritual fitness are all huge aspects of your emotional, mental, and physical health. That's true. They play a part. They do. The nutrition that our bodies take in, the amount of sleep that we get to recharge our brain, all affects our moods and our ability to deal. Your children are no different. Number four, exercise. Improves focus. Number three.
1: (laughs) uh, Well (laughs) healthy diet was number three.
0: Yeah, right. Sorry, do that again. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Exercise. Exercise, physical exercise, going outside, playing, chasing a ball, throwing a ball with your kid, playing, playing catch, kicking a soccer ball around, riding bikes, something. Physical exercise improves focus. Attention and mood, whether you're 8 or 80. Mm. Healthy diet, physical exercise, and you're not going to believe it. Sleep. Five, sleep. Poor sleep can greatly affect attention and cause irritability. So if your child suffers from attention deficit, maybe we should focus on the things that cause attention deficit, like Poor diet, no exercise, poor sleep. Every single week, I tell you guys, diet, exercise, proper sleep. Whether it's bodybuilding or going to school, it plays a part of our mental and emotional health. Number six, less screen time. Oh my God, so many parents are going to struggle with this. Y'all are going to hate me. (laughs) Throw them away. Unplug the tablets, unplug the video games, take the TVs out of their rooms. I sat in my room for eight hours a day. I would get home from school and I would play Nintendo and I would watch MTV and I would play video games and listen to music and blah, 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 blah. That was before tablets. That was before handheld cell phones where you could just stare at a phone for eight hours a day. Now, look, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't stare at my phone more than I should. But as a child the number six thing that you can do to help with their attention deficit disorder is to take away so much screen time. It literally suggests avoid your children using screens an hour before bedtime to help them get, what? Proper sleep! (laughs) It literally says, see poor sleep patterns (laughs) Take away your kids' screens. Take away their cell phones. Take away their tablets. Unplug their televisions an hour before bed. Let them read. Let them get a snack. Let them read something. And let them get a good night's sleep without having their brain watching 45 different TikTok videos before they drift off to sleep. It's very, very simple math. Remove the things that are affecting your child's ability to focus and maintain attention. Avoid your child using screens an hour before bed. Avoid TVs in your kid's room is one of the suggestions. I had a TV in my room as a kid. Look what happened to me. Just saying. (laughs) Your cute little eight-year-old could turn into me. And the last thing is supplements, dietary supplements. Omega-3s and fatty acids. Those types of supplements have been known and proven to help mental focus in adults and in small children. Mm-hmm. I take omega-3s every day. It's part of a, a, a healthy nutritional diet. Uh, fish oils and, and, and fish, you know, omega-3 fatty acids are a part of my daily daily supplementation. This has definitely been suggested by medical practitioners to help with mental focus in children as well. So there you have it suggestions alternatives to not medicating your children my suggestion if you think i'm full of shit try it hey i'll refund your madness for free try feeding your kids better try making sure they have a, a balanced breakfast Make sure that they're getting plenty of exercise make sure that they're getting plenty of sleep every night take away their their screens their video games their phones their tablets an hour before bed give them some omega-3s and see what happens to their behavior their mood their irritability and their ability to focus i guarantee you there will be improvement in their mental emotional and physical health so there's my spiel on not medicating your children